Hey, Jen, are you ready? <gasps> I am so ready, Jackie. All right. Think fast. I'm not good at thinking fast. You know Catch that. Catch this. No! Oh. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Oops. <laughs> and that was supposed to be me passing the mic to Jen. But, uh... So we bad. don't have hand-eye coordination, so oh. there you go, Jen. Your turn. I really hope that's not a sign of how this podcast is going to go. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> hey, romance nerds! Oh. Before we dip our toes into the murky waters of dark romance, I want to issue a blanket trigger warning for this entire episode. Jackie and I will be discussing really hard topics like rape, kidnapping, stalking, and a thousand other problematic things. If you're sensitive to those topics, this might not be your month. And I hope you will check out any of our other podcasts. But if you're ready to take a walk on the dark side of romance with us, take our hand and we'll lead you safely through the night. But in a raging romantics first, Jackie will attempt her first bad joke. Will she nail it? The pressure's on. Hey there, romance nerds. Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. Now... Without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! And now, for a turn of the bench, Jen... Guess what? What? No, that's not right. I'm sorry. Hang on. <laughs> I'm so, there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. I don't even know how you introduce these things. Okay. I'm like, hey, Jackie. And you're like, hey, Jen. Okay, okay. Hey, Jen. Hey. What did the pirate say when he saw a cookie? I don't know. What did he say? Chips ahoy! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, All right, I'll give you like a five. That's fine. That was passable. Listen, there aren't any really jokes about dark romance that I can put into, like, a PG-13 podcast. Yes, fair enough. So. <laughs> that is a good point, Jackie. Thank uh, you guys, too, for listening to Jackie's first attempt at a bad dad joke. Woo-hoo! Okay, decent. Thank I'll give you, you a little decent rating. And on another amazing episode of Raging Romantics. If you're new here, welcome. Yay. We post two episodes a month. One, a deep dive into whatever romance topic we feel like talking about. And the next are book reviews that fit into that topic. We try to have some interesting and serious discussions paired with a lot of fun nonsense. (laughs) But I don't know how fun today's topic is going to be. Can I be honest with you, Jackie? I am nervous. How are you feeling? I'm scared. It's okay. I know. (laughs) It's you. I think this one can be controversial at times. And I am going to try to be very careful with how I present my opinions in this one so I don't reveal more about myself than I want to. I think that's what I'm most scared of because you know what? This is our podcast. It is not my therapy session. So I'm going to try to keep most of it internal. Okay. But I'm ready now. I've breathed. I've researched. I've read. Okay. Let's do this, Jackie. All right. This is going to be rough. 
I'm slightly terrified <laughs> we're going to get canceled because of this. Um, but I think it's definitely something that we need to talk about because it is a side of romance. Yeah. And it's a side that isn't typically talked about in, like, quote, unquote, normal circles, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, okay, Jen, I hand you the baton in a less scary manner now. Let's do this. Lead the way into the darkness. Can you please tell us what the heck a dark romance even is? Jackie, I would love to tell you what that is. Thank you. No, it's not romance that takes place with the lights off, unfortunately. It is romance and erotica that openly embraces the scary, problematic stuff that we rage against in other novels. Mm. Okay, it's not easy to nail down an exact definition of dark romance, but stories that are considered dark will include things like rape, rape fantasies, dubious consent, kidnapping, stalking, violence, really unsafe BDSM practices, sex trafficking, sex slavery, taboo relationships, blackmail, torture, forced drug use, really complex, scary revenge motives, and things like forced relationship, marriage, or pregnancy. Uh, that's it, right? (laughs) That's an evil one. (laughs) Nope! Because the characters will usually be very gray anti-heroes, if not actual villains. They will usually have illegal professions like being in the mob, serial killing, or assassin for hire. Do you like how I put serial killing as a profession? Thank you. I thought that was fun. Thank you. They're going to have really questionable motives. They're going to have really weird morals. They are going to be unconcerned sometimes with whether or not the partner actually wants to be with them. And they are obsessive and possessive partners to a degree that would be a major red flag in real life. And a lot of times they are outright abusers. Mm -hmm. So I want to be really clear that you can have some of these elements without it being considered a dark romance. It really depends on how the author puts all of these things together, what things they pick, and the ultimate tone of whatever they're writing. That's why it ends up being kind of hard to nail down a very specific definition of what precisely dark romance is. It's kind of one of those things where you know what it is when you see it. Uh, Most of the descriptions I read online centered around making it clear that dark romance should raise some pretty powerful emotions in you. It's probably not always going to make you feel really light and cheerful. Yeah, that was something that I read in the blog um, Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Which is an awesome romance so blog, good. by the way. Like, one of the high, like the high, the leaders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they also have a podcast, too. Yeah, they do. I'll try to link it. Um, but they that, – that was pretty much the definition that they used, was that it's easier to distinguish dark romance from, quote-unquote, light romance. And it makes it a little bit easier to conceptualize, where if you think of light romance as the typical, like – Funny, friendly, rom-com, perhaps. It's not particularly painful emotionally. Mm. It's it's the basic fluff that everybody thinks that romance is. But it's not, as we know. Where Aria's dark romance is, quote, a romance that's going to eventually have a happy ending. But it's going to hurt a bit first yeah. for everyone involved, including you, the reader. I really like that description. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's I think, I think it really fitting. puts it in, like, juxtaposition mm-hmm. of, like, mainstream romance versus that kind of like darker sub genre scary area and i think this is why i personally have such a hard time getting into this specific sub genre i've read a lot of questionable romances right i'm not gonna lie one of my favorite things aliens yeah i simp for aliens as we all know (laughs) but the darker romances are harder for me to get into mostly because i find myself triggered by a lot of things that are described in the darker romances 
And, you know, before we get any further, I really do just want to interject and say that to each their own, Jen and I are very open, obviously, about talking about pretty much anything, unless it's with our coworkers, bosses, God, no, or parents. Please. I don't want to have this discussion with yeah. my boss. We're recording this in the office after hours with nobody <laughs> around because <laughs> we were so scared. <laughs> So please don't think that we're shaming, victim blaming, anything like that. Mm -hmm. The human brain and human desire is, like, it's weird. Your brain is a weird place. We don't understand hardly anything. And we're pretty, quote unquote, advanced scientifically, and we know nothing really about Mm -hmm. the brain. And this is partly why psychologists really even still debate nature over nurture. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. We have no idea why we fantasize about what we do for the most part. I mean, serial killers are one thing. Like the normal human brain, who knows? Therapists attempt. (laughs) So if you, dear listener, find yourself interested in these topics, if you've ever experienced something along these lines or fantasize similar to these things we're going to be talking about, then that is totally okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you pull a Dexter and start killing people. Yeah, don't do don't that. Don't do that. And yeah. if you do, do not quote us as your motivation. Serial, I don't think serial killing in real life works like that. No. So just don't take that as a, a go-ahead. I do have a really good book series that I'll recommend <laughs> about serial killers, though, because as we you know, all know, I'm obsessed with murder things. But anyways, back to dark romance. Jen, why would anyone want to read these things that can be so difficult and why are we even talking about it here today i mean one thing jackie has already said we decided this was important to cover just because it has ended up becoming a really popular subgenre and it raises string strong emotions in everybody uh, no matter who they are positive or negative it's hard to find in mainstream publishing houses but it's really flourished online and in indie spaces its existence also helps keeps these kinds of actions and behaviors away from the mainstream mm-hmm. romance world, which I think is why it's really mm-hmm. important that it exists. It really helps define, like, a safe space. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. This isn't always the case in romance publishing. One of the reasons I really hated Flame in the Flower, <laughs> if we could go back to that for a moment, mm-hmm. as much as I hate it, mm-hmm. was because the heroine was raped by the hero immediately in the beginning of the book. Like 20 pages It in. was within the 20 pages. I mean, a lot happened in the 20 mm-hmm. pages, but she was raped twice, and that was the worst of it. Mm-hmm. The plot device, this rape or forced consent of the heroine, was really common back in the day of early traditional romances. The authors felt like the heroine enjoying premarital sex would be worse than anything else she could do. So she gets raped instead. Right. There was that book that you read. I forget which one it was, but you quoted it a while back that was talking about how it was pretty much a trope of that you, as a romance author, were Mm -hmm. expected if they were having premarital sex to have that forced consent be Mm -hmm. their first instance. Because if she likes it too much, she's a whore and you can't like a heroine that's a whore. But as soon as they're safely married, then it's fine. Then it's super safe. 2000s romance happened and we kind of threw that out the window thank god yeah now we know that it's very unacceptable it's not a value we encourage in the stories we read and we expect a lot more from our romance today so we've stopped throwing these darker aspects just anywhere and now instead there's a proper classification if that is something you're interested in exploring which i still think is important to keep that space yeah if you're interested in that classification classification system of like what falls and what end of the spectrum of light to dark at all in the romance genre, go ahead and go back and listen to our Silver Fox episode. We give you a complete breakdown of the different levels of smutty romance and where the delineations lie. Mm -hmm. 
That's a great side note, Jackie. Thank you. In publishing today, thanks to these content warnings, Flame and the Flower could actually be more enjoyable for certain modern readers. These content warnings give these kinds of terrible behaviors, like the dubious consent, an umbrella to exist under safely. With proper warnings, with tagging, and without accidentally glorifying or romanticizing them. Mm. Uh, readers love dark romance just because it can be really screwed up and wild and socially unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So these stories and this particular subgenre gives the readers a place to really play around in safely. It's your own sandbox! Mm-hmm. And it's great that the next time I read a Flame in the Flower-like plot, I know what I'm getting into ahead of time. Right. Jackie and I have both read dark romance over the years. I probably enjoy a dark romance more than you do. And I am very particular about the stories I do pick. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of limits I just can't cross, and I have dropped a lot of stories in the middle. So what has your experience been? Since you've already kind of hinted, it's not your favorite. I don't really read it, I'll admit. I've dabbled here and there and probably read more when I was younger and when, like, the new adult genre was a thing. Yeah. So, like... We're talking like 2010, 2013, that so era. So long. I was such a baby. I was only like 18. Um, I know it feels like so long ago. Yeah. But the most I ventured into it really would probably be MC, so motorcycle club romances. Mm-hmm. Those aren't necessarily no. dark, though. It, again, it depends on the author and the tone. Yeah. Joanna Wilde, I think, is my favorite MC author, and she does have like darker tropes. I think she was the one that started that, too. Really? Like, it was a big deal when she came out with that. Um, the Hawks property. Yeah. The, yep. It was like a big deal. It's the Silver Bastards MC yeah. Club, that series. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, was mostly inspired by Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Charlie Hunnam, okay. I love you. Yeah. I almost said if you're listening to this, but why would you ever be You would not listen to this. this. And it's only directed to Charlie Hunnam because, yeah. honestly, in real life, bikers are not cute. Yeah, no. Don't no, go out no, with a real biker. No. That is what fiction yeah. is for. Yeah. But when I got into Kindle Unlimited in 2016, thanks to Jennifer Tolley. You're welcome. Um, You're I, welcome, world. <laughs> I did try a few dark romances just because they were there, but I really couldn't get into a lot of the subplots and tropes. Again, there are some authors like Joanna Wilde that I found okay. that I did like. But I, like I said at the beginning, I really find myself triggered by a lot of these things, but you'll touch on that later mm-hmm. and not too much like jen said it's not our personal yeah. therapy session no. <laughs> um <laughs> but what about you jen oh queen of dark romance i'm definitely not queen i think that's gonna be a little strong yes queen no maybe like maybe a, i can be like a duchess or like a minor lady okay we'll okay. do that duchess. i really don't get that wild or crazy i almost <laughs> am never gonna read a dark romance where the hero is really cruel to the heroine I know that sounds dumb, considering the list I've already read, (laughs) but I can put up with a lot of scary plot if the hero is obsessed or possessive. I can't do the opposite where it's a scary character, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, I don't want to hear about them really wanting to hurt or torment the heroine. I had to give up on this mob romance that I'm thinking of in the top of my head, where this hero sweet-talked the heroine into marrying him just so he could play out this really twisted idea of revenge against her, and was so cruel and mean and he just never redeemed himself fast enough for me it's like why you didn't like Sibley forbidden because they were exactly. so mean to each other yeah i don't i don't like it when they're mean but then with something like a jessa kane novel who is a very popular kindle unlimited smut author mm-hmm. uh the heroes are really messed up like they yeah. really need to be on a watch yeah. list yeah but <laughs> because it's in service <laughs> to the heroine i'm good like they're very much like a sweet stalker mm-hmm. even though that is a very much an oxymoron. Mm. I can't believe I said that <laughs> out loud. But that's kind of world exists in dark romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a very hard time with trafficking stories. Yeah. I can usually read them as a hurt or comfort plot where it's about them healing. 
but Julia Sykes is another really popular dark romance. She has a lot where it crosses the line, and she has had books where the sex trafficker falls in love with the slave he's about to sell, sell and uh, keeps her as his own pet, and it's just a mess. And those I have, I've had to give up on. Yeah, we won't really touch on the human trafficking no. one because that is really difficult, and neither Jen or I really have an like interest. that mm-hmm. or have any interest in yeah. pursuing it and i think most of the people who listen to it won't but again if that's your jam yeah. go hit up julia stikes and she is fun i've really liked some of her stuff uh, she's got this daddy and the dom that's awesome oh I think it's I a threesome that. yeah i think i read that it's a dom and a daddy by the way it sounds <laughs> <laughs> it's good and that was another fake kidnapping and like forced gotcha uh, attraction almost okay okay so, good. so basically what you're trying to do with this whole episode, yeah. is that you're trying to justify why you like dark romance mm-hmm. and why people read it. Yes, this is me, not Nopal's library. Yes. This is my opinion. Yes. Please do not call my boss. <laughs> if you don't like this, send us an email. We'll talk it out. Yeah. Um. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some of the, like, the more difficult tropes and some of the more prevalent tropes that we feel comfortable talking about yes. <laughs> and try and figure out just exactly how these tropes are handled and discussed in dark romance and how we can even really call them romance books. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? That sounds like the opposite of fun, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. So let's start with what makes dark romance the most scary is rape and consent issues in general. Mm. It's something that's really unsavory in most modern romance, and yet rape or rape fantasies or dubcon flourishes in dark romance. Even dark romance published today, not even just like dark romance previously. The research is really varied on how many women fantasize about rape. One article I saw said 62%, another said 34% to 52%. It's a really hard thing to study, and I think you have to take the conclusions with a grain of salt, because a lot of these researchers are men. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I do want to stress, it seems to be a common thing. No matter where I look, there are women with these fantasies and uh, interests, and you're not weird, and you're not setting yourself up to be raped in real life. I think that's the biggest point I want to point out. Uh, Likewise, it's not weird if you haven't had any of these fantasies. Like we've said, the human brain is a really weird place sometimes. Yeah, so just to kind of jump in back to, like, psychology, because as we all know, I'm a psychology nerd, even though I never studied it. But <laughs> um, so yeah, to talk the study that Jen was talking about, I think it was a University of Texas yeah. psychology study. One of those. And it, they did – it was in 2008, and 355 women were surveyed. Mm-hmm. 52% reported fantasizing about being forced into intercourse, and 32% that they w- said that they were erotically raped by a man. Mm-hmm. Um, many think that these are actually really lowball estimates, considering mm-hmm. that there are – there's the stigma yeah. behind this. There's a huge stigma. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it even with, like, admitting you like romance novels. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't report or they falsely report because they're too embarrassed or ashamed yeah. to admit that it crosses their mind. Mm-hmm. And again, totally open. You guys do you. Yeah. Jen and I accept you as you are, beautiful, <laughs> lovely people. Oh, she's a serial killer. Now, this does not mean that 4 out of 10 or 52% of women want to be raped. No. That is not what this means at all. It means that they have enjoyed the thought of being overpowered within the fantasy land yeah. of their own mind. Mm-hmm. And it's the force of culture. I really love this quote. The force of culture puts some level of shame on women's sexuality and a fantasy of sexual assault is a fantasy that allows for sex that is completely free mm-hmm. of blame. Yeah. So it's this idea of literally being forced into something that society itself says mm-hmm. is wrong, but you're rejecting society. That makes much. a lot of sense. Like no guilt, no responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's, that. 
it's like an electrical mm-hmm. thing. It's the same thrill we get out of like speeding mm-hmm. or if you drank before you were 21. <gasps> Never. Never, mom. I promise. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and of course there's a lot of interesting studies about the um, connection between like real life violence and porn and like porn BDSM and all that sort of stuff. We won't get into it. I will of course put a bunch yeah. of articles for you to look into, but all I'm really all Jen and I are really trying to say is that it's not weird mm-hmm. and I think more people fantasize about it than you would actually think yeah so neither of us will ever admit to it or say yes or no because <laughs> there is so much shame and guilt attached but yeah I and mean, this is a work podcast <laughs> yes it's a work podcast just give yourself a break <laughs> because weird fit stuff and fantasies has always been a thing for women mm. uh, it's definitely not a 2021 thing as part of my own research i finally got around to reading this book that has been on my shelf for way too long it's called the secret garden by nancy friday mm. we don't have it at the library but it is very available online very cheap it's described as a revolutionary book published in the 60s after she decided she wanted to study female sexual fantasies so she put ads in newspapers around the u.s and england and she ended up by the way with Every single male she told this project to, they were all, oh, you're never going to get any. What do you mean? Women don't fantasize. (laughs) She got 400 fantasies back and they were wild. Yes. I'm going to say the book itself is kind of an excuse just to put a lot of fantasies in a book, but Mm -hmm. she does tie them up with some interesting things. I do wish there had been more analysts, like like more thinking and more stats, um, but even in the most open-minded sex therapist back then was not uh, at 2021 standards. So no. it was still kind of a mess. Because <laughs> you said this was the 1960s, Yeah, right? this was the yeah. 60s. So, I mean, it was it was something at least. Uh, so she ended up kind of just putting this together herself. And she worked with what she had at the time. She ended up getting every conceivable idea of fantasy. And the whole thing is really interesting. Uh, because of the era, it's really dated at times, and there's a section on black men that's really racist. <laughs> so I would like keep that in mind when you Grain read of it. Salt. But it is a one of the first attempts to take women's fantasies seriously, and I think a lot of it can apply today. But we are just going to focus on what she learned about rape fantasies, dubcon, and DS situations. Unfortunately, she never gives real statistics, but I think she ended up with more than she thought she would. First of all, in all of these accounts that women gives, the woman does not actually want the fantasy to happen to her. Like I said. Exactly. And, like, proving Jackie's point, they all actually wrote in, starting or ending, like, I don't want this to happen to me, but this is what I dream about. Uh, in a couple of sad cases, she was actually fantasizing about rapes that had actually already happened. Mm-hmm. But almost all the women, again, said, I don't want to be in danger. I don't want to be hurt. I would fight like crazy to get away. Mm-hmm. After reading Friday's letters... I, there were three things that kind of occurred to me. A lot of women who had these kinds of forceful fantasies had them because of guilt around wanting sex. Mm-hmm. Again, proving Jackie's point, this has been a thing for the last gazillion years. Yes. Uh, if you're forced into having sex or liking it, you are not considered a whore or a bad person, and you're not really responsible. No. So that is something that honestly is going to exist forever because society is terrible. Yeah. The patriarchy. Yeah. So thanks, guys. <laughs> Second, if women weren't worried about the guilt, the darker scenarios really appealed to women who wanted to feel so special, so desirable, so mm. amazing, that men just couldn't control themselves. So they were so desperate to have them that they just took them, which, again, fits into those earlier dark romance books. It fits into wanting no responsibility but having, like, 
kind of like that animal lust take over the men and like you're just so great jackie <laughs> you're so great thanks jen <laughs> uh it sucks that it's also used as a justification for rape yeah. in real life and it's not the way rape actually works i think we all know that men don't always know that because they suck sorry men but that's a really popular trope in dark romance and even in mainstream honestly if you count this idea of the one that we see a lot of just can't help themselves. exactly yeah. and i think it ends up being it ends up being a really safe way to explore and experience and deal with the things that scare you mm. when i was reading over some psych articles myself that tends to still be some of the most used theories and it makes a lot of sense to me by the way i did you see the one article where the guy was like oh women have these fantasies because they uh biologically are more inclined to surrender oh, yes i hate yeah see this is why you have to take some of the stuff carefully because i'm like screw you as a card carrying feminist no. half of these articles i was reading i was like no. i just want to punch you in the nuts sir but I read this series of tweets about Friday's book that brought the whole point together for me. And I hope this phrase isn't dramatic, but I loved it. I love dramatic. But, but they lo- they talked about how women exist in a constant state of prayhood mm-hmm. and how sometimes we end up turning all that fear and stress into something that's controllable and survivable in our own minds. Mm-hmm. So some of her work and that idea of experiencing all that bad stuff safely is a way we can start to understand why dark romance can be really important and really popular for readers. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that later. The idea of like rationalizing it in your own brain yeah we'll talk about that but let's let's start talking about the romance books themselves please and maybe we can describe some of the more popular heroes since we just talked about some of the tropes that Mm -hmm. went on there are a lot like a lot and there are some really difficult ones so let's narrow down the list to like two or three of the most common and at least more palatable (laughs) jen so I think one of the biggest draws of romance books in this sense is the kind of heroes that appear mm. because they're just the major selling point aside from the, the things that happen. And I will say too that it is mostly a dark hero. Yeah. We don't see a lot of dark heroines. Which is too bad. I really want to see like a badass female assassin who kidnaps a man. Mm. My Not stomach just growled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Eden Summer is the closest I've seen that so far. Yeah. I think there is some stuff, but it's really scary dark stuff. I've noticed there isn't kind of a mid-range dark romance with female baddies. Maybe soon. Yeah, we can hope. But right now, Eden Summer has a really good line where they, they do have women, like, hunt okay. men down and kill them. And Ooh. they're, like, FBI agents that betray people and are dark. And it's really good. I gave it. It's the Hunting Her series. Oh, okay. Yeah, It's yeah. really good. So... The possessive and or obsessive hero is so popular, kind of in all of romance, mm. even outside of dark and romance. And these are like the stalkers and yeah. kidnappers. But with dark romance, they're really allowed to go crazy mm. and to really just push the boundary of what's acceptable and unacceptable, and they don't have to care about rules. They just uh, do whatever they want because they, they want the heroine so badly. It's like the TV show You and the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got so popular. Yeah, except in the dark romance, they won't murder you. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Spoiler, I hadn't gotten that far. What? I mean, I knew it happened. Okay, good. As long as you knew it still. happened. Because, come on. Yeah, In again, in real life, the hero is Joe. In dark romance, it's fine. Yeah. Like, Joe's not going to kill you in a dark romance. No. Uh, the appeal of the heroine being in the center of their lives, the focus of every thought and action. They're very protective. They take care of problems. It's very much the opposite of dating problems today. <laughs> you know, yeah. You could commit. Ugh. I mean, that's very, very attractive, I think, to a lot of people that read the dark romance for that kind of uh, hero. And again, it plays back into, like, they, 
I hate I hate this term, but they just couldn't help themselves. Yeah. It really plays back into that of mm-hmm. they're so obsessed with you, they're so in love with you, and it's taken into like the romantic sphere. And I feel really cringy talking about this. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just I feel so gross saying this stuff out loud. But I when I really look internally and when I do all this research and read, I'm like, yep, that's right. Because I think in the books that I have read and that I like, like um, Alexa Riley Mechanic. Mm, yeah. I love that one. And that's really screwed up. And it's so screwed up. <laughs> it's so messed up. But I love that one for some reason. In real life, so... he needs to be arrested. Yeah. Okay, let's move on and get out of my brain, shall we? Okay, Please. next. Oh, but next is something I love, too. I know. So this one's fun, too. We have Taming the Beast. Where it's really basically, it's just the really, 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 really bad guy. Oh, like, really bad. But the a mafia lord, uh-huh. drug kingpin, MC gang leader, sometimes like a literal beast, but we aren't going to get no. into the whole... Fancy Friday did, though, by the way. Oh. Yeah, let's not talk about the animal <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Aliens is one thing. <laughs> All right. But the appeal behind this is really that it's... You, the heroine, are the special, amazing person that can literally change and calm the monster that he is to mm-hmm. everyone else. You make the beast fall in love with you. It's the the beast falling in love with the prey, and it's a way to really save yourself. yourself. And when I keep saying yourself, I'm referring to obviously like the heroine. The heroine. But like, we kind of put ourselves a little bit in the heroine's shoes. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Like, can we, this is going to be, God, I should just send this to my therapist and be like, can we talk about this? Just every therapist listen to this one. <laughs> but it basically the idea is that if the beast loves you he won't actually hurt Hurt you you. um you know we see it in fire blood dragons with ruby dixon which we haven't talked about yet but it's literally the heroine is the only one who can take the dragon and make him transform into a A male and stop killing people yeah exactly (laughs) stop and save herself and save her loved ones you're also protected by the beast from outside danger so it's pretty much every mob and assassin story that's out there (laughs) and it makes you feel important it's the toughest most dangerous most powerful most whatever man in Mm. the room needs you and only you to survive and it's like it's intoxicating i hate nicholas sparks so much that is the one time he's right about a romance being about a man a woman like trapping a man Mm. that's it that is the only time you're right Damn it, Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> One time. That's At it. least it's not James Patterson. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even bring it up. You know who else is like James Patterson? The anti-hero. Oh, yeah. He's not yep. really a hero. Yep. He's no. mad. He's bad. He's the literal villain of the story, but he's the brooding bad boy everybody wants to... Brooding bad boy. Everyone wants to bang. Come on. I wrote an alliteration. I know. Gotta say it really fast. I wasn't sure I could say brooding. 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 See? I can't say it. <laughs> we, like, did the wrong section. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> right? Even though he's done all these really terrible things, he is usually portrayed as at least having one redeemable quality, and the heroine is the only one who realizes it and helps him portray it to the world. This fits in really nicely, too, if they're going to get a redemption arc. It's basically Twilight. Yeah. But uh, with more sex. Yeah. Less sparkly. <laughs> a lot more sex. Because <laughs> these are very steamy oh my god like always steamy you're not gonna find a vanilla dark romance no. i don't think oh i taught jen a new term oh please yeah instead of clean which we know she hates <sighs> closed door so closed door, closed door romance but then one of our favorite people at our book club meeting Va- van said um uh fade to black oh yeah i really, really like that so that thank, you, van. Van. thank you van thank you van that's not what dark romance is i know <laughs> They are very much in the light. The whole that is the only thing that's light, actually. <laughs> Don't go into the light. <laughs> oh God. Okay. 
okay. We're trying to inject levity into this because we know it's a really tough one. We know. Trust me. It sucks. Oh, okay, go Jen. And, like have brownies or something. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So we've talked about kind of what's in dark romance, the mm-hmm. tropes, some of the harder pills to swallow, like the fantasies and even the heroes themselves. Yeah. But I really think we should take some more time to answer probably the biggest question most people are going to have. Oh, yeah? What's that? Why? Why the bleepity bleepity bleep are we listening and reading these bleeping books? Why, if we don't want to glorify or romanticize violence against women or against Mm -hmm. anybody, and these are pretty horrendous subplots and tropes, then why are we still reading them and why are they still so popular? That is an excellent question, Jackie, one I have thought about since I read my first dark romance. Uh, so I thought really long and hard about my oh, reading. It's long and hard. Long and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> I did some research, and these are some specific reasons I've come up with. Ooh, okay. If you have any different fellow dark romance lovers, I would love to hear them. But these are mine. Uh, first and foremost, I think it's a huge emotional release valve. Mm. For me, sometimes I really crave the kind of emotional toll I go through reading a dark romance. My stomach twists, my teeth ache, I get really tense. I have to take a couple breaks and pace off some nervous energy. It's really stressful to read about the things the characters go through. Then you start to get to some of the payoff scenes or the climax, and it feels really good to relax once everything is safe or it's over. It reminds me a lot of a roller coaster or horror movie. It's a safe way to be anxious or stressed out with absolutely no real-world consequences involved, and you get that sigh of relief when everything is resolved. Yeah, and see, that's exactly (laughs) why I avoid them. (laughs) Like I've said before, I really don't like feeling triggered into feeling, like, anxious or unsafe. I already have anxiety, and I don't need it any more than I already have it, and I don't need the books I'm reading to give me them. (laughs) I feel it enough, okay? (laughs) But I... In more serious note, I think that these books are like candy. Mm. They're addictive. And once you feel those reactions that you just described, your stomach dropping, that rush of adrenaline, that chill across your body, your brain emits adrenaline and dopamine, which are two of the most addictive hormones (laughs) in the human body. I didn't even have to look that up. I already knew that. (laughs) And you're either immediately hooked like you are, Jen, Mm -hmm. like you you crave that rush, or you're like me and you avoid it like the plague. (laughs) Where you, Jen, your body goes, oh, feelings, I'm feeling something, I'm feeling scared, I like this. My brain goes, nope, 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 time for anxiety attack. So I just, I avoid them. And that's my personal brain chemistry versus your personal brain chemistry. And a lot of the times there's a lot of fluid and blood play in these and I just don't do that. (laughs) I love that you throw that in there. It just rears me out, okay? Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> but speaking of dangerous situations, maybe oh we should uh, experience a real danger- dangerous situation safely, mm. like in a dark romance. Okay. Because obviously, I don't want any of this to happen to me in real life, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's not thrilling to experience, if I'm being honest. I get the drama of being involved in some dangerous mob life or dealing with assassins, and then I get to be even that more grateful for my boring life when the book <laughs> is over. True. I think the older I get, the more I realize a steady, normal world is such a blessing. And I really like being reminded of that just to, you know, keep some gratitude up. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah, I think this is why the darker romances that I do read I tend to like. It's, again, because of that adrenaline dopamine flood, but in a different way. Instead of, like, an emotional release valve, it's kind of the same reason I listen to true crime and Mm -hmm. why I'm obsessed with, like, murders and all that sort of stuff. Um, I love 
these sort of things, not because I want to like join a motorcycle club or because I want to go out and be an assassin, but be or even feel drawn to that lifestyle, mm-hmm. but because it's exciting, it's dangerous, it can be life or death. There are bigger plots at play than just like getting married yeah. or having a happily ever after, which is what you typically see in something like a Regency romance. Yeah, there's not a lot of mob in Regency. Yeah, yeah, no. Maybe Although there was that Sarah McLean bare knuckle bastard. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but that was still it wasn't. Yeah, as. Like, yeah. It's not the same vibe. It yeah. needs to be kind of a contemporary almost. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, pretty much. Instead of horror movies, we're listening to true crime, right? Okay. Instead of seeking out actual dangerous situations with sexual partners, we're reading dark romances. Mm-hmm. That kind of idea. Which actually I like a lot. I think that's that's a good point. Thanks. I like that. I came up with that analogy all on my own. Good job, Jackie. Thank you. And I also like seeing how women persevere or get through it or heal after horrible events. Uh, I always get really invested in hoping a heroine makes it through and how she manages after. And if she doesn't manage that well, I really like seeing how she gets revenge Mm. because I am actually bloodthirsty in fictional (laughs) worlds. Not in real life. I very much expect laws in real life. But uh, in fiction, yeah, just kill the guy. You love a good hurt comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt comfort's so much fun. Yeah. And I think this, again, just goes back to that experiencing dangerous things in a safe setting. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing how our peers, how these heroines handle these situations. And just like we're when we're watching a horror movie, we tell the girl, don't go into the basement. (laughs) We're able to judge how we would act in a similar instance and kind of play out the situation in our own brains. Mm -hmm. You know, like a rat in a maze, we're learning how... Like, we're learning risk-reward. We're learning what happens when you act a certain way in certain environments. Mm -hmm. And we're reading Dark Romance to experience a safe version of very risky sexual behaviors. (laughs) And we're reading these plots to experience and learn different reactionary methods. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know I wouldn't be into blood or fluid play because I really (laughs) hate reading it. (laughs) I mean, you might have guessed without reading it. Yeah, fair enough. enough. (laughs) Like, I could also guess I probably wouldn't be, like, like being shot in the knee or something. I don't have to read that in a mob romance. I, okay. So here's I some- mostly get your point. I just wanted to take it to a ridiculous level. I really, I, okay. So here's something I would not mind because I really want to know what it feels like to take the bullet out. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's like a splinter. There we go. We found the first weird comment of the podcast, guys. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Listen, nobody should feel bad about their fantasies. Jackie should feel bad about that one. <laughs> I don't get that one. <laughs> Don't make me spit water out my nose. That one's weird. That one's weird. Oh, God. Okay. Please continue. I would love to. Titillation, which is a great word. Thank you. Yeah. I thought one of the biggest reasons I like it is, um, you know, the stuff's exciting. Yeah. Mainstream vanilla stuff is absolutely exciting, too. But there's something to be said for pushing past the limits of what's acceptable. And sometimes you want to find out how far a person's going to go. You just I think it's how far I'll yeah. go. <laughs> That's just as much human curiosity to see what'll happen. Yeah, these books, uh, they're spicy. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's all you need. Yeah. And I wish you all could see my face as I say this. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to see it. Hey. Listen, listen. But I know what you mean, because sometimes when a hero does a throwaway line of, like, I'm going to kill him if he looks at you again, I'm going to tie you to the bed so you don't leave again, I'm like, I know in a mainstream, the author doesn't mean it. He's not going to do those things. Yeah. But then in dark romance, I'm still kind of like, he could, and he probably will. (laughs) It's why it's it's like... Okay, so it's like in Sons of Anarchy when Charlie Hunnam punches out a guy and you're like, oh my god. I mean, I shouldn't approve of this. And I don't. It's my amygdala getting in on it. It's that caveman brain, guys. (laughs) Ugh. 
And then a lot of dark romance comes with hero redemption arcs. It's not even so much that they redeem themselves to a mainstream level. It's just enough that uh, the heroine could safely live with him mm. uh, without any kind of moral conflict. Mm-hmm. But I said this the last podcast. I really love a good hero groveling scene. Mm-hmm. If the guy starts off as a monster or a bastard or anything else, it gives him a lot further to crawl. Mm-hmm. You do have to be careful. I don't think all authors can manage this. Some of the guys don't change or improve fast enough, and yeah. I have to give up. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and watch them be super mean to the women forever. Like, yeah, I can't do that. and I think if you're newer to dark romance or you're mm-hmm. wanting to get into it, this might be a little easier to get into because there is that redemption to look yeah. forward to. And especially if you're, like, very feminist and you mm-hmm. just want to see a man grovel. <laughs> It's a, it's a beloved trope throughout pretty much all of romance, is not that, just dark. Is that a feminist thing or is that like a statistic? Like, um, Sadomasochistic? Sad, yeah. Sadistic? Yeah, is that a sadistic thing? Am I being a feminist here or am I like enjoying something else? I mean. <laughs> Speaking I of that, I also love a good female fantasy revenge arc. Mm. This is definitely just a me thing. Nah. Uh, so sorry, Jackie, if this is my weird comment. I don't think it's as weird as your knee bullet thing. <laughs> But I love seeing how a woman gets even or over. This only works, though, if the bad stuff she's experienced has happened at the hands of somebody else who wasn't the hero. Uh, Sometimes it works, but I really prefer the bad thing coming from the villain. Mm. And you have not read any of those, I don't think. Yeah, no, not really. I can't name any off the top of my head, so maybe you'll be able to, like, give me some good recommendations. Okay. But it's really, it's it's a non sequitur for me. But okay, Jen, I have a question for you. Okay. Is it wrong for us to read dark romances are we perpetuating these horrific acts through our consumption of this media i almost want to say we're mostly safe because i don't think men read this a lot yeah so i i know a lot of defense author or sorry defense lawyers like we talked about in 50 shades they will try to be like oh look at the book she was reading she wanted this to happen this is why like the hero like my client was giving her what she wanted I, mm, no. I, you're not going to do this unless this stuff is already within you, I think, to, to hurt people like this. Mm-hmm. I don't think fiction is going to necessarily awaken anything in you that wasn't already there. There was I, this really good article. So basically, a couple years ago, like 2013, I think, the UK was looking at banning all forms of porn that depicted mm-hmm. any type of BDSM. Okay. However, there was... They did a lot of studies into the connection between violence, real life mm. violence, and porn, specifically porn that um, depicted BDSM. Okay. And in the United States, the incidence of rape declined 85% over a period of 25 years as the access to porn increased. Okay. So as there was more on the market, there was less violence. And that's because, and this was the revelation that I had, it's because we're viewing consent. Okay. As we watch this porn, we know that there's consent between the actors. And I read some really interesting stuff about, like, the conversations that go on between porn actors. And this consent matters because it's not just... It matters in its negative and in the affirmative. Mm-hmm. So in the negative, in the actual violent, there is the lack of consent. And this is where we see really heavy violence. This is real life stuff yeah. we're talking about. Versus in things like pornography, in things like these dark romances, there is the affirmative consent. We know that there's going to be a happy ending in these dark romances. In porn, we know that there's this conversation and that there's a literal contract signed between the actors. So I think that... <sighs> basically i think this is really hard this is the really hard one to talk about i kind of 
I'm, I want to push back a little bit because okay. I feel like some of the just the trends in that could as just as well be a society thing. It could be women gaining more rights and having these conversations. And I mean, they it was legal to rape your wife until the 90s federally. You know, there's just been a lot of changes. And I don't want to put that all on porn, especially when I think of there's still a lot of disturbing porn out there. There is. I mean, I have definitely seen a lot more gagging in romance. I've seen a lot more spitting in romance. And I think that comes from a lot of the more um, degrading porn kind of leaking into more spaces yeah i don't know i think it really depends either or it's not an easy yes or no question i think is kind of where i'm coming from yeah a lot of the relationships you see in dark romances are healthy and undangerous but i think you said before that you're drawn to the stories where the worst has already happened you know the woman has a stalker but like i said before it's gonna end up happy so, I, yeah, I, that's why I really love dark romance is that the worst has happened. This woman has a dangerous stalker that knows her every move, that has ev- all the details about her life, and she's safe. Yeah. That's not going to happen in real life. In real life, you're dead. Yeah. So I think it happening in dark romance, it really relaxes me. It, like, calms my brain down. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that's just a you thing. Mm-hmm. I mean. I hope not. It's definitely not, as we already <laughs> saw from the psychological statistics. I mean, we see it. A lot. Jen and I see it in library patrons who are ashamed of the types of romances yeah. they read or even that they're just checking out romances because they're afraid that we, the librarians, are going to judge them for what they're reading. Yeah, we don't care. But, no, we really we don't, don't care. care. <laughs> Unless you're reading Mein Kampf, in which case just no. Even that, I'm only going to care if you've got Nazi stuff on. Otherwise, it true. could just be a school project. This is true. But if this you're like true. an Iron Cross, I might yeah. be a little... Please don't Heil Hitler Don't come me. back. Right. But anyways, I can ban you at that point. These are literally just fiction books these are just books if you take it into your personal life that's fine again as long as you're not killing anybody you do you boo do you think there are guys out there or do you think men are like (laughs) oh no i'm so ashamed i like hentai and tentacles woe is me no they literally do not give a flying fart yeah we're talking about romance novels Mm -hmm. and mostly rational people reading these romance novels we can recognize the difference between good and bad we're raised in a society where we're told to feel shame for our desire to be ashamed of wanting sex of being turned on of being attracted of talking about sex and romance and relationships and desire obviously jen and i don't feel any shame about that i mean it depends on the person i'm talking to this is true i'm not gonna talk i'm not telling my boss you know Bill tried, our boss tried to talk to me about this. I was like, nope, Uh, nope, nope. Don't ask me. I'll just give you the numbers of the stats. That's all you need. (laughs) But I say, I say, screw it. If you want to read about this sort of stuff, read it. Talk about it. Own it. I swear that I will never judge you, nor will Jen. Just don't go again. Don't go out there killing people. Unless you're going to tell me you have a, a fantasy about pulling a bullet out of your knee. Well, okay, so you can judge me because we're friends. (laughs) That's fine. I think I want to get at, though, I'm not going to say it's an easy yes or no answer. I don't want to give a blanket no because, like Jackie, I trust the vast majority of readers to know themselves and what they can handle. Mm -hmm. I will say I definitely don't want kids reading Dark Romance. No, no. I was definitely happy I was of an age. I think I was in my 20s when I started reading Dark Romance. I think, unlike some other mainstream romance, you really need a much better foundation of consent and what's acceptable like this should not be your first no experiences i'm glad romance. you brought up the age thing. definitely i definitely agree 
I, I mean, I'm not somebody who would necessarily say anybody under 18 shouldn't read romance. I think that was really helpful to me that mm-hmm. I was reading romance.young. But dark. Not dark romance. This would be the one place I would ban somebody. I can't do that as a librarian, but as a parent, I probably would. Like, yeah. you can't read this stuff until you're older. But, so that's kind of why I'm not care- comfortable giving a blanket yes either. I feel like for some people, this is going to be damaging. But if you're someone who knows this isn't your cup of tea, you also have to be responsible for not sipping it. Mm-hmm. And also for not going into a dark romance expecting mainstream values Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get it. No. Except that this is fiction deliberately written for this purpose and it's not a guide to getting your next partner. And then I think we're okay. I think, you know, when you separate that from the other people. Because sometimes when I go through these reviews on Goodreads, a lot of people don't really know that this is the appeal. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, this is so dark. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's a dark yeah, romance. That's, that's what happens. That's I don't point. know what to tell you. That's, that's why this genre exists, because people are still very drawn to these things. They still want to read and experience and explore mm-hmm. them. They just don't want to read about it in a mainstream romance novel. It's in its own space. Yeah. And that's, I think, why you won't really see librarians collecting a lot of dark romance yeah. in their main publications, mostly because... It's hard to get. It's hard to get. A lot mm-hmm. of collection policies will dictate, you know, the stuff that the stuff that libraries can and can't buy. We'll never censor things, and I'm totally down to, like, buying spicy things. Yeah. Just look at some of the stuff I bought recently. <laughs> um, but it all depends on what I think my li- what my patrons are going to read and the ethics of including these things. Like you said, you can't go into these blind. You have to know yeah. that this is dark to begin with, and you have to have a certain expectation of it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be painful emotionally. There's going to be some things that you probably won't morally agree with. Right. But you have to – it's – I don't know. You have to – you have to expect it, like you said. Yep. Okay, Jen. I have another question. How about we get back to the question, we've kind of covered it pretty well, but is there any final thoughts that you have about whether or not dark romance is damaging or unhealthy for readers? I'm going to, I don't think it is as long as you're the person dark romance is meant for. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing when you should put it down too is really important. Mm -hmm. Because even as much as I like a good dark romance, there's days I should not be reading this. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. It goes back. Just know yourself. Know what you're in the mood for. Know what you're capable of. It's not going to be for everybody, but if you do like it, I wouldn't worry so much about it either. Out of any genre we've covered so far, this is really, truly fantasy, take you out of your own life kind of reading. Yeah. I I am going to trust. I'm not going to be like other people that have been like, oh, romance is going to trick you and make you stupid. I know that you guys are smart enough to tell the difference between reality and fiction, mostly. (laughs) And know which one you prefer playing out. Because... In the end, most of the replies Nancy Friday got back said they hoped that absolutely none of these things would happen to them in real life. It's just a private little thrill for your own self and body and mind. Yeah. And I think on that note that we really have to kind of not enforce, but positively reinforce authors, including trigger warnings and content yeah. warnings in their descriptions. Um, you were telling me about a like a Twitter scandal yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was a very, very minor Twitter scandal, and that's why I can't find it now, and I'm really mad. But there was an author who had kind of these content warnings and kind of these sort of aspects to her work, and she refused to have any kind of a summary. She wanted readers to go in completely blind, not even knowing really much about the characters or the solution, like the situation or the setting. I mean, just even without it being dark romance, I hate that. Yeah. I want to know what's happening. I hate these people that, like, have you read those summaries where they're like, 
Their love was like the stillness of a pond. Yeah. One rock will send ripples throughout time and space. <laughs> it's just tell me what it is. It's like, is this is this a space book then? <laughs> are they going to be by a lake? How many rocks are involved? I'm 99.9% less likely to read a book that has a very vague description Ugh. and no description at all. I hate it. And I just like... I, I that's why I love Kindle Unlimited because yeah. they are, they have to put a description yeah. in there and then I will pretty much always go through the reviews. And you know, you don't even have to give that much away in your summary. No. Most of the dark romance I read, they put at the very bottom of the summary, they're like trigger warning, this is going to have rape, cannot be involved, whatever. Right. Or like dark situation. I see a, I see a lot of dark situations. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Fine. Goodreads has their like where you can ask the author a question on yeah. the book page and I have seen a lot of authors answering yeah. questions of trigger warnings like yes, this contains XXX, mm-hmm. which thank you you so much for doing authors that, yeah. we like that yeah. that's what we need yeah don't turn it into some gross cancel culture culture war thing just i don't i'm not always in the mood for a rape scene i still feel so betrayed by this one book i read that i was getting really into mm. i like i had to finish it because i was invested but there was a gang rape scene in the middle of it that i was not expecting whatsoever and i like i wasn't damaged i'm not gonna go home and cry about it but i still was really like I remember getting up to that point and being like, oh, she's going to be fine. She must be rescued. I wasn't warned about this. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then it wasn't fine. So I still very much remember, like, that feeling of kind of betrayal I had at the author for not giving me a stronger warning than just, um, in in her summary, she had put something like, oh, there may be mature situations that are upsetting to some people. It's very vague. Yeah. And up at that point, she had already been so sexually harassed by her boss that I'm like, oh, that must be it. That must be, like, the bad thing. It was not the best. But no. But no. Oh, man. It's not even the worst. So I just definitely, as a reader, I think we need to normalize that in our summaries. And yeah. Just tell, like, people like knowing what's coming yeah. sometimes, too. And I really think deal. most authors are good people. I love authors. Thank you, authors, for being a good person. Unlike that Twitter lady who I cannot remember, so we can't give you the show notes, and this is just, like, a vague recollection. Like, recollection. Recolle- what, what, recollection. What? Thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. <sighs> okay. You, do you have any final thoughts, Jackie? Jackie. Uh, meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I mean, if this is the type of book you want to read go. and you think that you're in a good mental place to read it, then yeah, yeah go, go for, for it. it. We'll cool. happily provide you with suggestions. I'll put some in the, the show yeah. notes, as always. Um, I personally don't read heavily into it. I don't really plan on getting more into it just because, like I said, of the reasons before. But if a book sounds interesting, I'll pick it up okay. and read it. As long as there are trigger warnings, or I might make Jen read it first, <laughs> or if she forces me to read one, then sure. <laughs> like, next time. Try everything once. What about you? Same. Okay. Cool. Cool. I like well, it. thanks for sticking it out on our discussion. I, that was a little longer than we meant it to be, but it is important, and I hope we gave you some good thoughts or some feelings or something to rage about ha 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 if you agree with us or think we're way off base please shoot us an email at ragingromantics at gmail.com uh we definitely want to hear from you guys we love all the comments we've got it so far it's mm-hmm. definitely improved the show already mm-hmm. so uh tune in next time when we get ready to review some real life dark romance books and to completely change subjects please god i'm so sad uh, we'll, we'll end on a happy note don't forget that we are still doing an interview <gasps> with best-selling author of the bromance book club it's series lissa k adam oh boy Woo! Okay, again, that one will air live on the podcast on May 7th. It is the first Friday of the month. 
I might have said May 5th before. I was wrong. It is May 7th. I apologize. <laughs> and we're also still going to be doing the book talk hosted through our library, nopal.org, N-O-P-L.org, on Wednesday, April 21st at 7 p.m. That is free and open to anyone who wants to join. I'll go ahead and make sure to put the links in the show notes for you guys. As always, you do have to register beforehand, but that's just so we can get, like, a head count of who's coming. And if you have anything you want to ask Lissa on – you want us us to ask Lissa on your behalf, then shoot us an email so we can include it. I really just want you to email me, okay? Please email me. We get really lonely, guys. I do. You have to keep us company. I need something to do at work. Okay. No, that's fine. We're so busy, Jackie. So busy. We're, we're so, so busy all the time. Eh, but yeah. please let us know because we want to know how we're doing and we love you and – I want to make sure we have a good podcast for you guys. And tune into our next episode for exclusive information on how to be included in the running to win signed copies of the Bromance Book Club series. Ta-da! I want those. If you don't enter, I'm going to take them. Yeah. So do you want me to be happy? No. <laughs> All right. That was a happy note to end on. Jen, what do we always say? Rage on! Bye, guys.